Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy. I'm here today with Amy Ozpan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hi. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hi. Hello. Today on the show, we are talking about homeschooling, not to be confused with virtual learning, which many of you will be embarking on this fall, we know, um, where you will be integrating your school's distance learning, whatever they've got system, you know, and having to do it at home. We're actually talking about homeschooling, where you are applying to your district to get permission to devise a curriculum for your child, you know, homeschool yourself, you're going to file reports. It is a whole big thing. And I think a lot of people are looking into it right now because they find themselves dissatisfied with what may have happened over the spring um, with their own schools. Or maybe you're looking into homeschooling for a totally different reason. Maybe you realized your child was actually doing much better at home um, than in their normal school day. So we have an incredible guest on today, Issa Moss. She is the founder of the Homeschool Starter Set, which is actually a complete online system you can download, you can purchase, and it gives you the tools you need to file the necessary paperwork to find out what you need to understand how to devise a curriculum. Like it's more complicated than you think, but once you do it and you have someone walking you through it like this, it's actually very doable. So we will be right back with Issa Moss to talk about homeschooling. We are back with Issa Moss. She's a freelance writer and editor, as well as the founder of Homeschool Starter Set. Issa, we are so happy to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. You know, I think um, I've known you for quite a while and Amy has known you for quite a while. And we've always known you as a really smart, thoughtful writer, this great mom. And you and I have talked a lot about education over the years and the journey you've been on with your son through various schooling. And so it wasn't totally surprising to me that you were now homeschooling your son and then saw that you your experience could then help others and you would use your expertise um, to develop something like this. This is so amazing to me because I think when people think of homeschooling, they think about it and then they're like, forget it. That is too hard. It's too daunting. I couldn't even figure out where to begin. And you like put it all down for everyone. How did this happen? Um, so in 2018, my son started middle school. And as you well know, and as the mother of anybody who's gone through middle school knows, it can be a gauntlet, right? Like there's just everything that could possibly go wrong does usually go <laughs> wrong. And it was pretty tough. Um, my kid's an alternative learner. So you add that to the mix and, you know, having him sit at a table and just being lectured to just wasn't going to happen. Um, and so it became increasingly more obvious that he needed something different. Um, and so in April of 2019, I said, you know, I don't think this is going to work for him. I'd homeschooled him before for the remainder of his second grade because I pulled him out of um, a really horrible uh, charter school experience um, that I regret every every time I see that charter school, it's like I pull out the 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 what mea culpa, mea culpa. It's like I just feel so horrible for having to, you know, had that experience and put them through that experience with them. Um, yeah, but they market themselves so well. 
Oh yeah, they, the way they market themselves and the insidious ways in which they um, get into communities that are really aspiring to do better for their kids. It's just, it's really gross. And I just, you know, I thought, my ego thought I was smarter than that and I just got duped and I'm just pissed at myself for, you know, like, <laughs> come on, girl, I thought you were smarter than that. Um, but, you know, he he was in a great school. It's not the fault of the middle school at all. He's just he's an alternative learner. He's more of an experiential kind of guy. He learns through doing. He's super, super bright. But he's just not a sit at a table and just, you know, absorb through some person going through diagramming a sentence. It's just not that's just not how it's going to, you know be most effective for him. Um, and then he was going through some bullying stuff at school that sort of escalated. The school handled it really, really well. Again, it's not, um, this particular school was a public school, very progressive down in the village, which is, you know, um, for the New Yorkers, super progressive, um, you know, really, uh, it was forward thinking in its pedagogy, but still kind of very old school in its dissemination of that pedagogy, which doesn't work for alternative learners. Um, so at that point, I decided, okay, we're going to homeschool. And then I started doing the research and, oh, my God, so much, right? Like, it's just so much info. And you're, you're, you're obviously taking on this endeavor because you want what's best for your kids. So you're sorting and sorting and sorting. And it becomes super overwhelming. And if you're at all prone to anxiety, you get super paralyzed. Like, okay, now what? I have all this information. How do I move forward with all of this stuff? Um and so luckily, I was able to put it all together because one day I said to myself, the lazy part of my brain was like, if there was one place with all of this information, I would so pay for this. Like I would, <laughs> <laughs> the lazy part in my head was like, come on, man, there's got to be a place somewhere where I could buy this. Um, and there wasn't. And so I made it. <laughs> oh, that's and, excellent. Yeah. So, I mean, how, when you made that decision to homeschool him, I know you had sort of a a runway in front of you, right? Like you, you had, we, when we talked offline, you said you like in April, you kind of knew this is the track you were going to take by September. You were, you were ready to go. And middle school is hard. Like I think when a lot of people think of homeschool, they think of elementary school because they know they can like, let's be honest, like do the math. Um, <laughs> so when you get into middle school, right. Um, it, everything gets harder. You know, that's when you start looking at your kid's homework and going like, Oh, do I remember that? Do I know how to do that? Yeah. Um, you know, how, what did you have to do to prepare yourself to, you know, be able to really teach, you know, what was going to need to be taught and how much are you teaching and how much are you just, you know, finding really good resources for him and, and letting him sort of do it himself? So what was really important for me, so again, I did all of this legwork last year, 2019, between, um, I would say, April, May, and um, August, um, the end of August, because everything had to be submitted uh, by the end of August, beginning of September. And so I did all of that legwork without even thinking of this world of this pandemic that we're living in, right? Um, but I thought if there are parents like me who aren't just stay-at-home parents, they are work-from-home parents, they are entrepreneurs, they're doing whatever it is that they're doing, and they're having to balance both of those things. It was really important for me to find online curriculum resources so that um, children could manage that process to the greatest extent possible, right? So, for example, the curriculum that he's on 
is a sort of middle of the road curriculum. There's curriculums that are specific to gifted kids. There are curriculums that are uh, geared to um, children with uh, significant learning disabilities. Um, and they're, they're just sort of middle of the road kind of curriculums. And my kid is on this sort of middle of the road kind of curriculum that gives him what he needs um, for his grade. Doesn't, um, isn't exceedingly challenging because he'd rather be doing other things. He's more musical. He'd rather pour that time into his um, music lessons. And so that's what we work around. Um, but that is online. So there's videos, um, there's interactive things that he can um, click on and write down and perform a little experiment and then go back. And there's videos of either um, kids his age being taught in a one-on-one -on -one setting or a really cool character that pertains to the story and the history. Um, there's all these ways that he gets pulled into that that I don't have to sit there and administer. If he has questions, he can pause what he's doing and say, hey, mom, is it true that blah, blah, blah? And we, I can, you know, stop what I'm doing and say, yeah, actually, that was true or whatever. Um, or I can say, hey, just give me 10 minutes. Let me finish what I'm doing and sort of model staying focused at the task at hand, um, but then allowing for, okay, tell me what you got. What's, what's going on over here? And aside from your insanely affordable starter set, the the online stuff that you're talking about is that something that a parent has to purchase are these available from their states like how does that work yeah yeah so so that's that depends right so a lot of the families now going into september hopefully will be given the opportunity to do distance learning directly from their schools in their district for the schools that either don't have that set up or for political reasons aren't offering that setup um, those curriculums can be purchased directly from the um, the company that created that curriculum um, and it depends on what you purchase. So my son's curriculum is, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's $19.95 a month, if I'm not mistaken. Super affordable. There are more, again, there are more expensive ones. There's one that is geared to um, gifted learners. And so there's a ton more um, information and resources and things that they're gearing you for, like um, all the Regents exams and the AP classes and all of that. And so they tend to be more expensive because obviously you're getting more resources. Um, but it really depends on your learner. It depends on what they're focused on. It depends on what your budget is. I, I feel like there's something for everyone. There are also supplements that offer you scholarships. Um, so like, for example, there's a supplement that's a math supplement. It um, allows you to bridge any gaps between what grade your child should be in and where they really are mathematically. And it gives them these mathematical games that are based on sort of neuroplasticity and sort of bridges the gap and gets them to where they need to be. Now, normally that I think, I'm don't quote me on this, but I think it, the service is like 25 bucks a month. But if you apply for a scholarship, they'll bring it down to like $10 a month. So there's a lot of ways in which families can access these things um, that, um, ideally aren't cost prohibitive. Um, and then there's free ones, like for, exa for example, Khan Academy, like you can, if you have the time to sit there and devise like your own entire curriculum from the courses that they offer on Khan Academy, you can create your own curriculum online for free. Um, so if, if, if even that amount is cost prohibitive, you can actually do it for free and, you know, use the library as sort of 
book resources to supplement. Uh, it's doable is, is, is the message that I'd like to share. It's totally doable. When you talk about setting this up in the beginning, I mean, for a parent, how, how do you figure out, I mean, should a parent say, okay, we're going to be in school for seven hours a day and I need to devote seven hours a day to sitting with my child and helping them learn like as if they were in a classroom or how yeah. do you kind of, kind of figure out how much time? And it's not like, you know, one day you can say to your husband, Hey, can you wash the dishes tonight? I've got this going on. I mean, I don't suppose parents can kind of switch on and off doing this. Can they? Well, I mean, it depends on your family makeup. I'm a single mom. I've been a single mom um, since I, my son was two months uh, in utero. So there, there's never been a husband for me to pass any of the stuff on to. I've managed to do it all on my own from the very beginning. And, you know, I think that it's absolutely possible for you to get it done if you make sure that the schedule that you implement is one that's really um, sort of integral it takes into consideration both parts not just your kid so if you think about it they've broken down this six hour day at school if you take into consideration moving in between classes getting the classes settled everybody's notebooks out if they whittle it all down if you have a 50 minute period you're maybe doing 30 minutes of instruction and that 30 minutes is like whew, you, you slam dunked it that day right so 30 minutes of instruction if you take only 30 minutes of instruction with that child per day, you're, and they're getting one-on-one. -on -one. It's like basically almost like getting instruction with a para, and they're getting that time with you if need be, but oftentimes these children, if you set them up with what they need to do, they can be self-led depending on the age. Um, you really don't have to do six hours. You can do a full day in far less time. You can do it around your schedule. Maybe you have a 9.30 meeting that morning. You know, set them up with something that's not, it's going to be non-invasive, non-intrusive. You know that they're going to be mellow and they're going to be occupied with that for the hour. And then after you get off your meeting, you can give them maybe an hour or two of devoted time. And then back you go again. It really, I tell people all the time, play with it. If you think you're going to go in there and, you know, be the perfect headmistress, governess, worker, slash mommy, it's, it, you know, you're going to fail your own expectations spectacularly. Just go in there and see what works for your family. Maybe it is sitting down at the table and being very, very highly structured. Um, I like to work from highly structured and then go backwards. You know, create a scaffolding of what the day should look like and then laugh my way through all of the myriad Murphy's Law things that throw the schedule under a bus and then, you know, schedule around that accordingly and see what's really organically coming through. Um, because for kids, a lot of kids, anxiety is built into their days at school. Um, I know for my kid, um, a lot of what was happening in school for him was this anxiety of having to deal with um, a lot of expectations that he just wasn't ready for. Um, so going backwards and saying, okay, maybe this is a bit too much. Maybe we could just um, ease up on this or add a little bit of extra music to this day or, you know, know your kid, know your own schedule. Um, it's 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 the best thing to do is to be organic about it because if you get too highly structured then you're just pissed off about how you miss the mark all day every day um which i guess goes for all parenting right like you have this sort of yeah <laughs> um isam i actually really love that i think people a lot of times when they you know the old image of homeschoolers right was like a bunch of amish families <laughs> like like there were like really religious people who opted out of the public school system because they didn't want their kids having sex right. ed 
the quiverful. Yeah. I think there's something, there's something really, um, humane about what you're describing, <laughs> which is just this idea that you know your child and that this idea that you should just be replicating what would have happened in school when maybe that wasn't working for them is kind of crazy. Like you really, I love that idea that like, see what your kid needs um, and then adapt around that. Like you really do have this opportunity to create an ideal school situation for your child. Like when do you ever have that opportunity? You know, you kind of hope and pray when you send your kid off in the morning to a school. Mm -hmm. My daughters, their whole thing is, you know, why couldn't coronavirus had happened in sixth grade? Like they would have <laughs> loved not to have had yeah. sixth grade. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny, you know, you said your son was in middle school. Middle school yep. is the yep, worst. And um, no one really ever addresses it's awful. And oh. that's when the bullying happens. Mm -hmm. It's when hormones kick in. It's mm -hmm. when people are changing at different rates. You know, everything mm -hmm. bad happens. Social media happens. Mm -hmm. Like everything bad is in middle school. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, you know, I love the idea that, you know, maybe as horrible as the pandemic has been, there is kind of an opportunity to step back and look at what is or isn't working for your child in school, um, even if you're going to use the distance learning of the, your school system, um, rather than really go out and homeschool yourself, that there's an opportunity to say, okay, we're going to do this differently um, and and see if this works better for you instead of just, we must have school at home the same. Yeah. And I think that also um, there's there's always room for course correction, I feel. I think that, you know, we were taught, those of us who are like the kids of the 80s, right? Like we had, it being aspirational was almost sort of hardwired and baked into, like we had to do well in school and we had to go to good schools and blah, 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 blah. I think that now we're looking at this whole generation of kids who don't necessarily have to do the things that we were told guaranteed success because a we know that it's a lie right like it's bs right like you could go to the best schools and you could get the best degrees and you could still be living you know in a tent under a bridge <laughs> right like um so we know that there are all these other ways for people to be successful and to redraw the lines around what success looks yeah. like. Um, and for a lot of people, that's going to include college. For a lot of people, that's going to include consistently the sort of um, uh, uh, original canon of uh, well-respected jobs. For a lot of people, it's going to be something we can't even fathom. Like, we don't even understand the world that our kids are we think we think we get it like we don't understand the world these kids live in and we certainly don't understand the world that's coming for them and maybe you know for a kid who is not a typical learner that kid is showing you that there's a whole different way to be and a whole way different way to be successful and if you just step back and get out of their way they can kind of lead you on that journey um it's hard for people who are you know, I was raised in a very authoritarian household. My dad was an ex-Marine and an ex-cop. And like, my mom was a teacher. There was no margin for error in my house, right? Like there was no, you just did what you were told to do. Um, and I, I have to learn a lot of stuff with my kid all the time because in a lot of ways we are, we mm -hmm. get in their way. Um, and if we just take a step back and look at what their capabilities are and what, what, where, where their interests lie in, and watch them, then we can just sort of take a back seat and sort of propel them as opposed to all this leading that we think we're doing. We're not. 
Um, and we're missing out on real interesting ways in which we can course correct and say, all right, well, show me what it is that you're here to learn and to teach me. Because <laughs> I learn from him all the time, all the time. You know, Issa, the more I listen to you talk about this, like, child-centered idea of homeschooling, I mean, the more I hear you, hear what you're what you're saying Every time it changes my mind a bit about homeschooling, because in the past, the homeschoolers that I've encountered are the ones like Rebecca said, who took their kids out of school because they didn't want them taught sex ed or, Mm -hmm. you know, they wanted more religion in Mm -hmm. their day Mm -hmm. or they didn't want their kids around other kinds of kids. Mm -hmm. You know, that that was what was built up in my mind about homeschoolers, that it was just a bunch of like prejudiced people who wanted to live in a little bubble and not let outside ideas in. Yeah. I love the way that that yours is just led by what your son needs. Yeah. And I think it's it's so ironic for me because my kid is the kid that when he was eight years old, went to school and then I got a phone call from the principal because he'd asked me how babies were made. So I got the books and I sat him down and I told him the real deal. He decided like to hold court during recess and tell all the other eight-year-olds <laughs> how babies were me. And so I got a call from the principal, you know. Um, so, yeah, so, no, we definitely we definitely didn't mind the sex ed in schools. Um, and we definitely, um, it wasn't religious-based. It was more that, and, you know, and that's okay. Listen, if that's your bag, I'm not, you know, knocking you. If you, if you don't want to be around other people. Listen, I don't blame you. I don't want to be around any people ever sometimes, but um, sure. I, I did it more for my kid so that he could have his childhood. His childhood was being bled from him right in front of my eyes, all for the sake of this ideal of what he was supposed to be like in school. And I was missing it. I was missing, I was missing this light being slowly extinguished because I was so focused on him being the next Barack Obama or the next whatever when he was just him. This was just who he was. And so now we had to figure out how to have him be as educated as his brilliant brain wanted to be in the ways that he could learn best without the constant anxiety, without the constant knocks to his self-esteem, without feeling at such a young age like he was failing at something. Um, You know, I think one of the biggest challenges with homeschooling, especially as a a working parent, is is the balancing of the time, you know, for yourself and, and for your kid. And I think that one of the things that we do as parents is we want to overcompensate Um, And I found that the more we allow them to take the reins um, for this process, the more empowered they feel, and the more you're able to see how much responsibility they're able to take on. Um, In the beginning, I would stop my work every time he would have a question um, and and address his his questions. What I realized was twofold. A, I was not getting my work done in a timely manner, and then I would have to refocus and, and try to get myself back in the flow again. And that was kind of taking time away from what I needed to do. And the other thing was, I was allowing him to just not really sift through what the possible uh, uh, solutions could be. It was just an easy sort of fix. I'll ask mom, she'll give me the answer and I can go back to doing what I was doing. 
So what I started to do was I started to implement a, a sort of 10 minute rule. Um, and if I was in the middle of something, I'd say, um, hold that thought or write that down. Give me 10 minutes to finish what I'm working on and I'll be right with you. And that had twofold benefits in that it showed him that my work was important too and that I needed to finish what I was doing, um, that I was being responsible to my work. But also it gave him the time to sort of sift through while he was waiting. He sort of would sort through what was happening and possibly come up with a solution on his own. And again, that's trial and error. You know, it's, it's things that you learn in the doing of the thing. But I think that once the parent sort of gives themselves those boundaries, and you know, it could be age appropriate. If you've got a teenager, you'd be like, hey, give me like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. If you've got a little one, maybe it's five. Um, everything is age appropriate. I will say that if you're a working mom and you've got a five-year-old, I grant you that that process is going to be way more difficult. Um, they need you so much more at that age. You know, I've got a 12-year-old, so it was super easy for me to implement those things. But there are ways in which you can manage your time that so that you're you feel like you're not losing both a battle. That's excellent. I, I And I think that that's really a really important note to end on, because I think a lot of parents do think that they need six or seven or eight hours in a day to tackle this when they just don't, you know, the, the framework is out there, the help is out there. Um, and I mean, if you as a single working mom can do it, mm -hmm. I think that says a lot. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Issa. This was really fantastic. And we will link to the Homeschool Starter Set. People who are interested can find it at homeschoolset.com. Um, you know, it's everybody should check it out. It's so affordable. And it's just such a great way to get your footing under you and get started. Yeah, I made it super easy, super simple, just so that way if you're looking at this as an option, you're not so overwhelmed with everything. You could just figure out, okay, how do I at least just start this process? It just makes it that much easier for you because Lord knows it is overwhelming. So this just makes it super simple. Yeah. And and once you start, yeah, you know, it's it then then the ball gets rolling. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so important. Thank you, Isa. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We will be right back with our bites of the week. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what do you have? I have, I don't even know how to describe it, um, this video about making biscuits that has caused quite a stir among my friends, especially my friends who bake a lot. Um, this woman who put up this video not all that long ago, I think like a month ago, two months ago, her name is Brenda Gant, and she's like, a Southern grandmother out of central casting. I mean, at one point in the video, she actually says the Piggly Wiggly, which made me collapse in laughter because I'm like so Northern. And um, this video, it's just her making biscuits the way she's made them for decades. And it is the complete opposite of everything I've ever learned about making biscuits and even if you don't bake, just watch it because it's she's hilarious. She's great. But it's like it's like everything you're not supposed to do when making biscuits. And she also makes the biscuit dough in her giant bowl of flour, like the like the bowl that she stores her flour in. That's where she mixes the dough. It's like I was yelling at my screen. It's crazy. 
and it, not it's it's like a super entertaining video but then i had to try to make the biscuits and so i made them this weekend and they were the best biscuits i've ever made in my life no way seriously this has like just blown my mind and then I ended up making, I think, seven more batches because that because like I I couldn't bring myself to do it in the bowl of flour like she did. Like I do not have easy access to white lily self-rising flour, which is what she uses. I had to order it on, on Amazon. So if I mix it in my big container of flour and ruin the flour, I can't just go down to the Piggly Wiggly and get some more. I have to wait for Amazon to deliver it to me. So um, <laughs> so I, I didn't do it in the bowl. I'm going to try that because I actually have 20 more pounds of white lily coming from Amazon. But, um, but like just using her method of like her ingredients and her method, I made the best, fluffiest, most delicious biscuits. And and did you put some in the mail to us? I oh my god, I wish I could because like nobody's eating them. I wish you could too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Amy, put them in a Ziploc in the freezer until I see you. Why is nobody eating them? I yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to freeze some. Yeah, they must freeze. Like Jake doesn't eat biscuits, and I'm on Weight Watchers, so I ate 24 points worth um testing them <laughs> which is like a day's worth of food of biscuits and my husband had some but like there are only so many biscuits he wants he he won't just eat biscuits for days just because I'm testing a recipe but I did a bunch of tests to like um you know because she does everything by eye like there are no measurements in her recipe she's just like well you take about this much and you pour in about this much and like I I can't cook that way and I can't give somebody else a recipe that way so I was I was playing around with with proportions and so it's like totally just the best and so much easier than how I used to make biscuits. Not only is there no like cutting in of the butter to make little pea-sized flour butter pieces, there's no butter. What? I, I My mind is just blown. I'm telling you, it's everything you thought would be wrong with biscuits and yet they're delicious. So even if you don't bake, please watch this video. We will post it on our website. I've written a post about it. I'll post that too. It's it's causing quite the stir, I'm telling you. But it, and oh my God, I forgot my favorite part. At one point, she brings out her biscuit cutter, which is a 52-year-old can from a Chef Boyardee boxed pizza mix that she used to make for her kids. <laughs> like, uh, that she just like cut the other side off of. I mean, this woman is un- Believable. You you just have to watch it. I don't care if you bake. Watch it. Okay. But it, but if I watch it, I want biscuits. You will eventually get biscuits. Definitely want biscuits. That's awesome. All right, <laughs> Andrea, what do you have? All right, you've been playing in your kitchen. I've been playing with my tech gadgets, um, and I've been testing some new devices that I actually can't wait to tell you about uh, once I go through um, setting them up and playing with them. But I find that I'm out of HDMI ports on my TV and it drives me crazy. And I do have three of them on my TV, so it's not like I don't have any. So I was trying to find a solution so I don't have to keep unplugging. My ports are in the back of my TV and my TV is mounted to the wall. As you can imagine, it's not easy. So I found on Amazon 
a you, you know how you have sometimes when you run out of USB ports in your mm-hmm. computer, you plug in one and you get an extension and you get three more USB ports. Well, this is an HDMI switch. So I unplugged one HDMI device, plugged this switch in, and then I had three more ports to plug in new switches, uh, new devices. And now I can have my new TiVo stream and I can have the Roku soundbar and I can have the Fire TV stick and I can have all of those things all plugged in at the same time, all for under $10 on Amazon. That's, it's the best thing ever. Like, I can't even tell you how many things we have attached to our TV and they're just all on a switch because like our TV is kind of old. So like, there's no way it could accommodate it all. Yeah. It's crazy. And you don't want to go out and buy a new TV, for goodness sakes. And I don't even know if they have 5 HDMI. But let me ask you this. Does yours have a select button or do you use a remote? Because it's got an IR, so you can use a remote to to switch the input. So mine is a little fancy. It detects which one I'm switching to and it switches it automatically. Oh. Yeah. It's not $10. In addition to my $8.99 link, which we'll post, (laughs) why don't you post your fancy link too? I will. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll test that one as well. But I just thought this was (laughs) such a great inexpensive way uh, to kind of get them all plugged in at the same time. Yeah. And I should say that mine isn't super expensive. It's just not like $9 or $10. I think it might have been like $30. Yeah, that's cool. Well, post a link. I'll check it out. Excellent. Rebecca? Um, Okay. My bite this week. um, So we have been reading a ton, like me, my daughters. um, I don't know. We just, has been a summer of reading, I guess, because of where we are, that we just took a break from the city and books get incredibly expensive (laughs) very fast um, when you're going through a lot of them. So I, our libraries were closed um, and I couldn't find my library card for the life of me because I have no idea the last time I used it. So I found an app, which you guys probably know, or Andrea, I'm sure you know, called Simply E, like elephant. Um, If you don't have a library card or you can't find your library card, um, it will issue you a digital library card for your library. And you can then take out any books you want and read them right on your iPad or your phone, or I'm sure they have it for Android too. Um, So it's not to your Kindle, it's to your phone or your iPad. Um, But I have just been taking out book after book after book after book, like books that I've always wanted to read. And I just like didn't feel like paying for them or didn't whatever, didn't have the time to read. Um, It's the full library collection, you know, of your library, we're using New York Public Library. So you know, there's, you have to wait for some for things that are more popular than others. But it's been an amazing way to just read a ton of books for free because you forget about the library. Um, and the library is a lot better when it's digital. Especially now when you can't go to the library, you know, it may be, um, in a, depending on where you live, it may be under quarantine or you just don't want to go out. So what a great way to digitally read these books. Yeah, that's amazing. I had no idea that existed. It's so amazing. And, you know, and then the other side that we've been doing too, that my daughter did, because she had a lot of books and they still, they're like me, they really still prefer reading an actual book rather than digital, um, is Thrift Books, which is a massive used bookstore online. I think my daughter bought something like eight or nine books for like $30 or something. (laughs) 
Um, and you see the condition they're in and you buy them all at once rather than if you try to buy used books off of Amazon where, you know, it's all coming from different sellers. This is just one massive thing. Um, and it was, that's amazing too. Like used books are great. So those are my two resources if you're reading this summer or if you want to be reading this summer and probably also relating to our show today. That's really cool. Yeah. If you're going to be homeschooling and your kids need a lot of books too, it's something to look into as well rather than spending all that money. And that is our show for today. You can find links to everything we talked about at our show page, parentingbites.com, also on facebook.com slash parentingbites, where you can leave us messages. You'll find links to our episodes. You'll find links to things we talked about. Please, wherever you're listening to us now, rate, review, subscribe, and share. And until next week, happy parenting. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.